who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone welcome to another special episode of the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountas and today we have another episode in our content creator series this time joined by two guests you know them as the Fig Life Godfathers, Scott and Jeff, from the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. They come on and talk all things creating their show, and I think you guys really like the interview because it's a little bit of a different look at how they look at creating a show and how they basically started and where they are now and all that stuff. And I'm not going to spoil the interview. There's a lot of fun stuff in it, so I hope you guys enjoy it. You can follow us on Twitter, as always, at PPW Podcast. If this is your first time listening, we're always posting stuff on there, um, posting show information, photos of collections, retweets, interactions, all that stuff, PPW Podcast. You want to go back and look in the archives, not only this content creator series, but all of our other shows. Uh, we are on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever you get, uh, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, we feed into it. Just search Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you want to support the show, we got a few t-shirts up on whatamaneuver.net or just leave us a review on iTunes. That helps a lot as well. If you're an iTunes user, helps people find us if they're looking for wrestling shows to listen to. So I'm just going to kick it right over now to Scott and Jeff from Fully Posable. This interview went about an hour and it didn't feel like it at all. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. Here is Scott and Jeff from Fully Posable. <laughs> And on the line, we have a special treat. Not only do we have Jeff from Fully Posable, we also have Scott from Fully Posable. Jeff, say hello. Oh, uh, how you doing, Steve? Hello. <laughs> Scott, Scott, say hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I tried to, to do a change up there and steal your intro to your show every once in a while. So very, it's fun. very well done. <laughs> okay, so guys, we're doing a kind of a three-way Skype call here. So it might be a little talking over, so bear with us. But I really want to thank Jeff and Scott for coming on, for joining in our content creator series, which has been a lot of fun and a lot of good feedback we've gotten. So I appreciate everyone listening to all of those. And I hope you guys enjoy this one too. I'm sure you will. If you don't know, you should know. You can follow Scott and Jeff at Fully Posable. And I believe Scott's Twitter is Feed Me Taco Bell, but he's on sometimes. And then Scott's also part of the Drunk Wrestling History podcast. So follow those guys there. We'll get more plugs in later. Um, First thing I want to start off with is I'm going to start with Scott because I think we've heard Jeff tell the story before, kind of how you guys got started with your show. But Scott, when you and Jeff first started doing this, like the idea of let's do a wrestling figure podcast, or let's create a podcast in general, what was your reaction initially? Were you like, okay, are we going to do this or who's going to listen? What was your thoughts when you first started? Yeah, I mean, we're coming up on almost five years ago that this all went down and Jeff came to me and at the time... There weren't as many podcasts out there and because we're talking like late 2015 when he came to me with this idea and he pitched it and he's like, dude, I want to do a podcast, but I haven't really been able to come up with anything. You know, it seems like everybody's doing wrestling podcasts now. We need something different. He goes, we've been collecting wrestling figures our entire lives. What do you think about just doing one about wrestling figures? And I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's great. He, I think you've Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys have had you. I mean, everyone knows your history of collecting from your show and everything like that. Uh, when Jeff, I never heard this before. You just want to start a podcast in general, right? Well, that's true. But it, it actually kind of rewind. If you want to rewind to earlier 2015, Scott, myself and a friend of ours sat down in a room with a Yeti mic in the middle of the room. And we just talked about the Royal Rumble mm -hmm. 2015. And honestly, we all sounded like a bunch of marks. And I was like, there's nothing different between what you hear on this and what you hear from uh, Ricky's Wrestling Review podcast or anything like that. Okay. It's kind of like, 
okay, there's nothing different. We just sound like a bunch of marks. Well, then in the middle of the year, we also did a sports talk show that was on YouTube and it was called walking on four balls because you can't walk on three. So (laughs) (laughs) naturally, yes, exactly. So that was actually pretty fun, except it was hard to line up everybody's schedule. So the shows would come out maybe, maybe once a month. I think it was Scott. Yeah, it was about once a month, but that's definitely where we started to get the fever or the itch to really do something and put ourselves out there. And again, Jeff had the idea that he wanted to do a podcast. We just didn't really have it. And one day he was searching for a wrestling figure podcast. There wasn't one out there. And he goes, dude, we should just talk about wrestling figures. And that's kind of where the idea was born. When when you when Jeff first said this to you, Scott, because it sounds like Jeff's idea, we'll give him credit for at least one thing. Aww. Uh, <laughs> it is his baby for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Were you were you were you kind of like, how are we going to talk about just wrestling figures for an hour or whatever it is? Well, yeah, and that's where the challenge comes in, right? Because, okay, we have this idea we're going to talk about wrestling figures. Well, what in the hell are we going to talk about? So then you Mm -hmm. just kind of brainstorm and you start to put pen to paper and come out with ideas. And, okay, we'll do, we'll talk about this. And then maybe we'll do like a history segment. And that's become our nostalgia segment. And you just kind of start throwing ideas down. And I think our first show, we just kind of sat there and riffed and talked for like 30, 35 minutes without really knowing how long we wanted the show to be, without Mm -hmm. having any real set segments or music breaks or even an introduction. It was just kind of like, okay, let's just get this out there and kind of get get some feedback and see how it feels. And it was really just kind of organic the way it all came about. And really since day one, it's just been Jeff and I, and then feedback from the listeners really creating this show. So Jeff, when you first started with this Mm -hmm. and kind of finding your way creating the show what was kind of your initial process because you know scott just talked about oh we just started talking you realized that you know, if people listen back to your archives you guys realized pretty quickly we need somewhat of a format we need to have a not not a schedule but a, a way we're going to do the show how did that first get started and how did it evolve to where it is now is what scott's influence is it just you driving it how did that start initially so what happened was is I was driving home and I thought of the idea I need to do a wrestling figure podcast I get home and I'm thinking more and more about it I think this is like a great idea and I I kept thinking I was like you know what I can't do this show without my brother because Scott is the person that got me into wrestling figures and has also been a driving force behind my wrestling figure collection so I just thought, okay, I need to do this show with my brother. So next day I went to Scott, pitched it to Scott. Scott's mm-hmm. like, I love this idea. And I said, okay, cool, we'll talk more because we were working in the same building at, the, at that time. So as I started to think about it, I was like, okay, I need segments. And so I, Scott and I hung out one Saturday night and I said, I penned a paper like Scott said. I was like, okay, so we need a nostalgia segment. We need a wish list where we just talk about figures that we wish could be made. Uh, we need a new segment. And so we started kind of going from there. And then finally, January of 2016, we just finally sat down, put a Yeti in front of us and just went to town. Mm-hmm. When you guys were first doing this show, uh, this is questions for both of you, whoever wants to enter first, go ahead. What was, how did you figure out initial feedback? Were you just kind of listening to it yourselves and talking to each other, friends and family? What was kind of your initial, okay, we need to adjust here. We need to fix this. Um, just knowing Jeff, like I do, he's neurotic when it comes to audio stuff. So I'm sure there was things he noticed <laughs> other people don't and, st- and still does. But for either one of you who wants to answer that first, what was the initial process of getting feedback? Because that's sometimes the hardest thing to do. Well, the funny thing was, is when we first started, I would say it was about 80% positive, but the 20% that was negative it was a lot of people saying a wrestling figure podcast who would want to listen to that. You know, I had that, <laughs> I had that numerous, numerous times. They were like, who would listen to a wrestling figure podcast? And that was it. They checked out after that. But what I did is I kind of thrived off that 80% that was positive and just, okay, what do we need? What do we need to fix? Okay. So we have a Yeti mic and this Yeti mic is working but we need better mics. So Celeste and I went to Guitar Center and we found better mics. And then I was like, okay, what else do mm-hmm. we need to make that? And like you said, I'm an audio snob. So I was just like, I need to make the audio sound good. And sure enough, Scott and I got these condenser mics and it has been better. I think that that was around episode 14, I think. 
and it's been better ever since. And, and granted, there are some things that I, I still to this day, it bugs me on certain ends about the audio. But I think Scott and I have done really, really well of what we're putting out there as far as sound. And really, it came down to what are we passionate about? What's going to make a decent podcast to where people can really sense our passion for something and would want to listen to it? And so that was the big thing for us is, are people going to latch on? Do people want to talk about wrestling figures? Because back in 2015, when the idea was hatched by Jeff, there wasn't really a community of wrestling figure collectors. You knew they were out there because you'd go to Mm -hmm. the store to buy wrestling figures and there would be certain ones missing. And you're like, okay, there's somebody else out here fishing for these things too. So maybe there is something. And that was the big thing. We did the first episode where, okay, we're going to get, what, seven downloads? Like, who's actually going to listen to this thing? And I I think it was the first episode where we said, it's fine if you tell us that we suck, but we need you to tell us why. Because that's what this show is built off of is our listener base. So if you guys want something, tell us what we're lacking so we can put it in. And that's where the whole Fig Life really was born. Episode one is just the feedback from them and us kind of building the show tailored to them. What about some initial trial and errors you guys talk? I mean, you know you talked about starting with the Yeti, Yeti mic, but what about some initial, it could be from the technical side or from the format side, like, okay, this is working. Okay, this isn't working audio-wise or recording-wise or even, okay, this segment dragged or, or our, our you know chemistry wasn't good here. What about, Do you have anything for trial and errors initially when you guys started? Uh, it was literally, we were kind of basing it off the feedback that we were getting. And so, and... As I said, 80% was positive and the other 20% was who's going to listen to this and then they just checked out. So I kind of use that 80% like, hey, what did you guys like about this show? They like A lot of people are like, hey, this was a great show. And I'm like, okay, what do you like about it? Oh, I love when you guys talk about Wishlist. Okay, so Scott and I would kind of brainstorm off of that. What else did you like? Oh, we liked when you went in nostalgia because we loved LJNs. Okay, cool. What didn't you like? Uh, the sound may have been a little off between you two or, you know, it was little nitpicks and those were easily tweaked. And we mm-hmm. realized pretty quickly that we each needed our own microphone because like Jeff said, when we originally started, we had a Yeti mic that we were sharing right in between us. And as Jeff mentioned also, we were working in the same building. So we were able to sit in a little office and just hammer this thing out. But the one microphone was not working. And like Jeff said, by about episode 14 or 15, we each had our own microphone. And Mm -hmm. that was kind of a challenge at first, but we got into the rhythm of that. And I would say another huge challenge that we had was doing interviews like this. I remember one of our first ones, uh, we had Matthew Goldberg, we had Brian Breaker, we had Chris DiPetrillo, and it seemed like every single episode there was something. And I remember Jeff and Celeste, our editor, uh, both really just really racking their brains to make it work. And I mean, we've done things like lose audio as happened to Jeff a couple years ago at WrestleMania when he recorded with some guys, the audio disappeared. You're always going to have technical difficulties. That stuff creeps up. It's just, as you know, as well, Steve, but it's how you adapt and just be able to, to triumph and overcome it. And it's, it's always a process. There's always something, you know how it is, (laughs) always technical difficulties. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And another thing, if you guys want to talk about this, kind of maybe your dynamic. Obviously, you're, you're brothers, real-life brothers, not storyline brothers, as Jeff says every <laughs> week on the show. Um, how did you guys figure out your dynamic, um, one, recording the show, just what did you do every week, and two, deciding who does what? Is you know, You're the producer, and I'm the idea person. Is it a mesh? Like Someone's got to drive every week. And how did you guys get up th- get there? And how did you guys get to where you are chemistry-wise? And it's a little difficult to answer because you're brothers and you grew up together. Um, But it's still different recording than just having a regular conversation. So I'm curious how that worked with you guys. Well, you can hear from our first episode that the chemistry has definitely gotten better and we've kind of gotten more comfortable in our own skin and found our voices, so to speak. So right now we can just riff off of each other and it's it's really easy. But it took us a little bit to kind of find that voice. Would you agree with that, Jeff? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's the way it is with all podcasts. Like a lot of people, Mm -hmm. they listen to the first one episode or first two episodes and they're like, oh, this sucks. Well, you got to let them, you know, develop their voice, let them kind of get into the rhythm, you know, Um, they'll eventually get to it. And I think honestly, Scott and I, we had that trial and error. And I would say by episode seven, seven, episode eight, we were off to a whole new level and then just kept going and uh, going up from there, I should say. 
And I don't think either one of us ever were really like, okay, you're the host and you're the play-by-play guy. It was never really like that. It just kind of, the show as it is now is everything that's just kind of evolved over the last four and a half years, really. And Jeff just kind of assumed the host duty and I'm more of the color commentary guy, I guess. But mm-hmm. really, as, as I've said earlier, this is really Jeff's baby. And he, him and Celeste both have been doing the editing and lining up guests for interviews and I I just kind of show up and talk every week and really it's been Jeff and Celeste the whole time that have that have really set everything up as far as editing and one of the big things too is schedule being able to set a date and a time that you're going to do it every single week because without that podcasts can die off real quick so really it's been Jeff driving this whole thing yeah and I I that's a really good point you make and I talk about it a lot how impressive it is that you guys have a show every week and i wish more people were more impressed than than, than i am like i'm super impressed by that because i know how it is to create a show every week um, <laughs> i'm sure the listeners just ex- just you know they, the listeners just expect it to happen every week and it does come up a lot uh, what about show prep like take me behind the scenes with that a little bit i know you guys are starting to charge for your show notes only 40 bucks which is a great deal for show notes for guys if you want. <laughs> uh steve it's 50 actually yeah Okay, it's it's up. It's it's up. I like that. I, yeah, we, I, times I, are I hard. Joke with it. Yeah, I joke that with everybody that the Patreon shows that charge for show notes just crack me up because it's literally my show notes are a screenshot of my iPhone. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but what but for you guys is show prep? Do you guys uh, talk texter talk and texter in the week? Do you call each other? Is it hey, I have an idea, add it to the format this week, or is it just let's start recording and go from there? Well, really, pretty much the day of, we're kind of like, okay, what segment or segments do you want to do tonight? And a lot of that is driven on how much news do we have, how much listener segment do we have. Jeff does all the show notes. Again, this is Jeff's baby. He he pretty much project manages this thing to death, and I love it. And it's all pretty much decided the day of which segments we're going to do. And there's not a whole lot of pre-planning with segments Unless we get together, that's really when the magic happens with Jeff and I is we'll sit in a car driving somewhere. We'll go to when we could go to toy shows, we'd be driving to a toy show or driving back. And then we start to riff off of each other. Like, what do you think about this segment? Okay, I like that idea. Maybe if we do this and this and this, it'll be a little bit better. And we're starting to bounce ideas off of it. Next thing you know, we have a whole page of notes on new segment ideas. And that's it's really when Jeff and I are able to get together and talk that's when new segments start to come up. But really, as far as prep for the show goes, all notes and all segments are pretty much chosen the day of, unless we have a bright idea over the weekend or something, we'll hit each other up then. But really, it's the day of. Also, mm-hmm. also the other thing I do is on my phone, if there's any news, I'll take a screenshot of what that is, whether I found it on Twitter, whether I found it on the figs message boards whether i saw it on facebook wherever it may be i take a screenshot and then the day of or the day before i'll go through the screenshots on my phone and i'll put it into the notes so that's that's also another thing that i do for uh note taking throughout the week and so i just kind of keep an ongoing tally of everything through screenshots or i'll just put it right into the notes the day of i see it I want to take a couple steps back um, when we talk about kind of growing your audience. And I don't know if it's going to be hard for you guys to think about this because it's you've been doing a show for so long. But from where you initially started to if there was a slow increase, a fast spike or whatever with your with listeners. One, how did you guys initially start growing your audience? And two, when did you start realizing, OK, people are starting to listen to our show every week? Social media. Social media was the way that we had to grow the audience. I mean, Anybody can start a podcast, right? And then they just throw the show up. But if you don't have any backing behind it, like no social media presence, there isn't, you don't know how many downloads you're going to get. You could get 50, 100, somebody may stumble upon you, you know, you may get 150 in one week or whatever it may be. But Mm -hmm. it was all social media. And then it started to, the ball started to really, really roll. And when the fig life kind of started to develop around us, and more people were starting to come on. That's when the downloads were starting to go up. And then um, I remember we had- When was that? I'm sorry to cut you, but when when was that? Like, I'm just trying to find a point, you know, because we've all been in this like fig life for so long now, it seems like. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the start point of it. Because like you said, in 2015, there wasn't like a wrestling figure. I mean, there was obviously, like you said, but no one was talking about it. So when did you start noticing it? Either you or Scott, when did you start noticing it? That was actually about- 
well, it was 2016, about April, when I made the comment when I said, hey, it's just a fig life. And then that's when mm-hmm. our listener, Mike the Cleaner, just he heard that and he said, everybody use the hashtag fig life. So mm-hmm. it was me just saying that right out of the blue. And it was Mike the Cleaner that drove it. So it was kind of like a mixture of things. And then all of a sudden it was just this community that was just called the fig life. So I would say that was about the middle of 2016 because 2015, the end of 2015 is when I had the idea to come up with the, uh, the wrestling figure podcast. And then for a couple months, because you have Thanksgiving, you have holidays at that time. So Scott and I really could never get together and start a show at that time. But after, you know, after the new year, it was like, okay, Let's kind of tidy up what we're going to do and then let's go. And then it was about middle of 2016 is when the community really just started to form. We got Mike the Cleaner. We got uh, Brandon Hova. Mm-hmm. And just everybody started to come on. And it was thanks to them, you know, it, like they were the nucleus that were just retweeting us every week that were just doing all this stuff for us on our behalf. Like we would put out the show and they would be like, you guys need to listen, blah, blah, blah. So, and then all of a sudden here comes more people listening. Like, hey, we like you guys. And then you also had the detractors are like you guys don't like r3 tech i'm never listening to you guys again it's like okay (laughs) what (laughs) yeah we definitely have a a passionate base but another big part of it too steve was partnering up with breaker and bane doing or Mm -hmm. having uh breaker on our show he was one of the first ones to jump on and be like guys i love your show we need to do something so having them as part of the family and also we interviewed matthew goldberg Uh, We had Chris DiPetrillo from Figures Toy Company on and being able to partner up with them and kind of expanding your audience through them and vice versa. It was really a win win for everybody. And it was really around summer of 16 when we really realized that we were on to something here. Like we really had something with us and the listeners and then the other podcasts that we were kind of partnering up with. And it really it made it interesting to watch. And then you really start to look at your weekly downloads and how many followers you have on social media and Man, without Jeff, we wouldn't have a social media presence because he is our Twitter. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. He is fully po- he, he is fully posable. <laughs> he is fully posable. Let me tell I've you. I've got I've got multiple points of articulation, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> You're an ultimate you addition. Manscaped WFP twenty. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll we'll get your cheap plugs in at the end, guys. I'm not getting any kickback, so don't be throwing that on my show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, you <laughs> maybe lost my train of thought with that Manscaped promo code. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, going back to the listeners and, and Jeff being kind of the leader of the social media team. We'll call it your social media team <laughs> between the two of you and Celeste. Uh, you guys have a lot of interaction with listeners from Q&As to a lot of listeners, which I think is super awesome. You guys have people record audio questions, which is so great to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh Jeff, are you the one that organizes all those? When do those start happening? You just put the bat signal out and say, hey, we want these, and people started sending them in? Like, so how, what's that that all like? There was a There's a podcast I've been listening to since 2012, and it's a his name is Jason Solomon, but he calls himself the Solomonster. And I've been listening to his show since 2012. Well, I remember back in 2013, I believe it was, he had a few people send in audio questions. And I thought that was really cool. And I had totally forgotten about it because he went away from it because I, I don't know why he did, actually, I, I, to be honest. But anyways, going back, I, I was driving home again one day because a lot of my stupid thoughts came to my head while I was driving in the car for an hour. And I started thinking, I was like, it would be cool to have people send in audio. How would they do that? And so Celeste goes, all they'd have to do is just record it on their phone and email it over to us. I'm like, oh, well, that's easy, <laughs> you know? And so <laughs> sure enough, uh, we put the bat signal out and people started responding with audio. And we read everything. Everything that people send in gets read on the air. Yeah, and that's super cool. And it, it's cool you guys do that too, because I mean, I'm sure you get stuff sometimes and us as listeners here, we're like, okay, this guy's kind of rambling, but you know what? He put the time in to send this in. So I appreciate you guys sharing that Yep, with us out there. So it's cool. So I appreciate yeah, that. And, and it, yeah, it does happen. But at the same time, like, I, I think that they have a certain point that they're trying to get to. It may take them a couple seconds to get to it, but I think that they're hitting their points and that's what adds to the audio. It may go on a couple minutes too long, but it, they get to their point eventually. 
Well, on the flip side yeah, of that, Jeff, all- we've had some that have been so good. You've actually put them at the very, very beginning of the show. So right. anything that you send, we're going to read. And if it's really good, we'll put it in before the show even starts. Yep. Yeah. And and also another thing, too, is you, with, you mentioned with people sometimes going a minute too long. Not everyone talks into a microphone every week. So it's tough sometimes for people to do it. So it's okay. It's not a big deal. But it, it's cool that you guys continue to share that. So I hope people continue sending audio stuff in. It's it's a lot of fun. And it's it makes your show unique in a way too so keep it up guys (laughs) it's Um, It's an interactive thing yeah uh what about this maybe might be fun maybe we'll see any arguments you guys have had about your show (laughs) or anything you want to share i mean you don't have to share everything but i kind of want you to so anything you've had come up either from scott or jeff's point of view an argument between the toon brothers Uh, yeah it's pretty much weekly on our show the macho man San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Slim Jim figure was not the seventh best figure of 2019. It was the first best 2019. figure. 2019. I thought it was of all time, but specifically 2019. It's even better. Well, yeah, but Jeff put it on his his 2019 list at number seven. I've got it as the best of all time. Jeff put it at the seventh best figure of 2019. It, completely unacceptable. That's because, completely unacceptable. That's because it is. What? <laughs> <laughs> you guys aside from that, every week on fully posable so <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that one steve really it's it, we've been fighting our entire lives so when it comes to the show we're very give and take you know if one has mm-hmm. an idea the other will listen and try to if we don't like it we'll try to come up with something that makes that idea better but keep it really at the heart of the idea itself there have really, and I can say this 100% honesty, we joke on air with arguments and blah, blah, blah. But in real life, there have been no arguments about the show. We're really lucky to be walking in lockstep on this whole thing. And I mean, unless you can recall something, Jeff, where I'm missing it. But aside from the whole joke about the Macho Man figure, we're really in agreement on most everything with the show. Yeah, no, there there hasn't been any any arguments regarding the show i mean like scott said you know we argued when we were kids and stuff like that and a couple spats here and there as we gotten older but when it came to the show no um i think the scheduling may be the most difficult but that's agree the the toughest part was trying to adapt to scott's schedule because and scott has a family so it's completely understandable but for me it's like okay we're gonna record wednesday night and then scott's like hey dude something just came up with my daughter i can't do it and i'm like oh i was really looking forward to doing the show tonight and then the next night i'm like Mm -hmm. oh god i don't want to do the show tonight you know but (laughs) but in all honesty scott's 100 percent correct we haven't had one fight regarding the show except for the macho man which is a number seven figure um Number one, just in 2019, but 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 <laughs> you son of a yeah, it's it's really been a cohesive unit between us and a collaboration between the both of us to do this show, and it's actually gone way longer than I thought it would, and a lot better than I thought it ever could. It's just it's awesome doing the mm-hmm. show each week with Scott. Um, we don't work in that same building anymore, so the fact that I get to see my brother once a week to sit down and do the show. That also makes me happy. Just like, oh, cool! I get to talk to Scott tonight. We're gonna we're gonna talk for about twenty minutes before the show starts, and then we're gonna do the show. And I I know it's gonna be a banger of a show. So I that's that to me is awesome to do. Now let's talk about the technical side of your show, which some people might find boring, but I find interesting, and I'm sure other people creating shows are finding it interesting. People that want to. So just a quick rundown, what mics are you using? What software are you using? What editing stuff? Any other secrets or little tips or tricks you guys do? I always tell people the biggest thing to get is a pop filter for your microphone, no matter what you have. Like, I think that's super important because I did a show without one once and it sounded miserable. But um, <laughs> any, what's your technical side of your mics, equipment, and any maybe tricks if you have any for recording? So as of right now, I'm using a Sennheiser microphone which is a dynamic microphone, which is really good. It, I, I really like using it when I'm doing interviews or like what we're doing right now. Um, but for the show, I actually use the same, almost the same mic Scott has. I think I have like a a couple year upgrade or whatnot, but it's a condenser microphone that is, oh crap, who makes those? Oh, I'm drawing a blank on who makes those. Those are one of my favorite mics too. And I'm drawn, Sterling, Sterling. Is it sure? 
No, Sterling? Sh- no, it's a Sterling microphone. Uh, it's a Sterling, uh, dy- uh, not dynamic, Sterling um, condenser. Condenser. Cond- thank you, Scott. Condenser microphone. And I, with a pop filter. With a pop filter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but eventually, I would like to look into a Sure microphone, but 400 bucks for a microphone just doesn't sound appealing right now, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so everyone start buying Manscaped products with their promo code so they can get a microphone (laughs) (laughs) we'll go back to the show (laughs) Um, and then scott you had the same one as jeff the same microphone i'm using the sterling with the pop filter jeff has upgraded his but i'm still Mm -hmm. using the condenser okay the other thing that i've also upgraded i also use a zoom l8 um mixer which is amazing it's a six channel uh, mixer with like all these buttons and stuff so I'm like pressing buttons during the show and Scott's like dude what the hell are you doing stop it and I'm like sorry <laughs> I'll take it out of the show but I'm using the Zoom L8 which is one of the most amazing things I've ever used uh, Scott is using a what's your focus right thank you Scott focus right it's been so long since I used one uh, <laughs> Scott's using the focus right for his microphone so and then we record on to audacity and that where you edit it in there too yep sure do audacity is kind of is like the most simplest uh editing software for podcast people in my opinion unless mm-hmm. you have the money to go to GarageBand. yeah so i second that well i have our show is mainly done out of garage band but I, but now with the pandemic stuff and social distancing and all that eric and i when we do shows he's doing it remotely and he's recording in audacity and it sounds great and i've heard people say like oh i didn't even know eric wasn't there it sounds perfect and it's can't recommend it enough and it's a free program too i believe like audacity is free so it, it go is check it out yeah exactly <laughs> go, go check it out um another thing i want to ask you guys and you touched on it a little bit with the eighty twenty about the criticism of your show, positive versus negative. Um, one of the f- favorite things you guys ever done was creating the one-star review into a T-shirt, the boring just boring, <laughs> which I have worn out just – and people ask me, like, what, what, what is that shirt from? What, what does that mean? I was like, it's a wrestling figure podcast. And they're like, wait, hold on. I have a lot more questions now. But, <laughs> But uh, I'll I'll kick it over to Scott. I mean, you may not see it as much, and then we'll kick it over to Jeff. He may have a longer answer. How did you react to criticism, both positive and negative, about your show? Because you, everyone loves you guys. The fans of your show love you guys. Let, let's get that out there. I mean, so it sometimes could be hard if someone really loves you to give an honest opinion, I, I might feel like. Yeah. So how do you guys take that? I'll start with you, Scott, both negative and positive when you're you're doing your show every week. Well, and again, we said this in episode one. It's fine if you tell us that we suck, but I want you to tell us why. Getting a, re- a one-star review on iTunes saying boring, just boring, that helps nobody. At that point, you're just being a troll. Give me negative criticism. I'll take it, but mm-hmm. I want it to be constructive. I want it to help the show. Don't just throw negative out there without having something constructive to say because, again, you do that, all you are is a troll. You're not trying to help anything. You're just trying to throw negative Give me something that's going to make the show better so that instead of you giving us a one star, you're going to want to go back and update it and maybe make it a four star because we took your criticism and we made our show better. That's really what I try to pull out. Anything that is not constructive to me, say that I didn't like this because this we will fix it. We're, we're always 100% listening to the listeners because we want them to tailor our show to something that they want to download every week. So Give us a one-star review, but tell us how we can fix it so that you'll come back later and give us a four or a five-star. Mm-hmm. about you, Jeff? Uh, you know, I used to really hold on to the negativity because I, I, I was not thinking clearly um, because you do get the trolls that do mm-hmm. come into Twitter feeds and all that stuff. And, oh, you guys suck because... And this is, this is a common one. And I, this is 100% truth. You know, we get oh, I stopped listening to you guys because you guys support FTC. And it's like, that's ridiculous. So we talk about FTC one section in the news and you're going to just ignore the rest of the 98% of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, and that to me is just idiotic in my head. So I'm just, that part I just kind of filter out. But when we get somebody that we respect sending us an email or sending us a DM that says, hey, I love this week's show, but this part, I don't know about. 
I will take that into consideration because one, I respect that person. And two, also, um, if they're thinking that, then I think maybe 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 other people are thinking that same exact thing. So I may, you know, work on that for the next show. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's stuff like that, that I'll, I'll also uh, fix. It is a tough balance, and I and because you, you say you don't want to feed the trolls or anything like that, but sometimes you're like, oh, they they might have a point. One of my favorites we got in our show one time was, I I never heard of this person before, and I we posted the show, and someone replied saying, this show's terrible. I can name ten podcasts better. So I quote tweeted and said, hey guys, if you want to know ten good podcasts, ask this guy. So the, <laughs> and the tweet and the tweet blew up, and I felt kind of bad because everyone was going after the guy, and like he he deleted his Twitter, and I'm like, oh man. But you know, if, if you got a zinger, you got to give it to him. So absolutely. Well, you know what's funny too is one of the first criticisms we had was from our dad. I he didn't like that I was using the f bomb so much. He goes, you know, I'm enjoying the show, but I think Scott swears too much. Well, that was fixed. Well, hold on. There no, it wasn't even the F-bomb. You never dropped the F-bomb. You were saying... Oh, I didn't? No, you were saying the S-board. Uh, can I say shit on your show, Steve? You just did, uh, sure. You just did. <laughs> uh, well, I did now. And and literally, Dad was like, you know, I really like the show, guys. Except I don't know how I feel about Scott using the S-word. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so I guess we're going PG now? Yes, we entered the PEG era, and we actually had another listener who, who's been listening forever, a really, really good friend of the show. I won't mention him by name, but he thought maybe we were working a little bit too blue for his tastes. And so we definitely, because he was a longtime listener of the show, we took that and we scaled it back a little bit. We'll still get our, our blue jokes in every now and then, but mm-hmm. we definitely toned it down. So again, we're always listening. We want really to tailor this show to what the listeners want to download every week. Speaking of tailoring your show, what about some of your favorite episodes you guys have done, um, whether it be an interview or, oh, we know this like new segment was great. Do you guys have any that stand out over your, hun- I don't know how many you're at now. Jeff probably knows the exact count, but hundreds <laughs> of episodes. Any that stand out? One of my favorites is the Hasbro Roundtable that we did. And it was Jeff, myself, Brian Breaker, and Chris DiPetrillo. And we literally ran series by series on the Hasbros. And gosh, Jeff, that was what, three years ago? Three and a half years ago? Yeah, 2017. Yeah, so it's it one was, of our older I'll, episodes. I'll cut, I'll cut you off real quick, Scott, because I have to tell the story before I forget it. Um, I remember that because, ironically, I was in San Francisco uh, for work, and I got stuck uh, in Bay Area traffic, and that episode got me through the traffic. So thank you, guys. Oh, you're welcome. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but go, That's one but of our ahead, longest episodes, too. Yeah. But that's one of my favorites. It was just so fun getting some collectors together that actually grew up with the line and ran series by series, our favorites, our least favorites. But really what we loved about the entire Hasbro line, and just think of that episode, it it just makes me happy. It was literally like two and a half hours of just one big Hasbro love fest. About you, Jeff? Uh, One I always go back to is our very first episode with Marty DeRosa. And that was really yeah that was one of my favorite episodes if not my favorite and it's no offense to any other guests that we've had on i i think the one i just did a couple weeks ago with uh tony vargas i thought was fantastic and i have another one with a local bay area wrestler that will be coming up but i thought that um marty DeRosa was fantastic because i remember specifically sitting there looking at my laptop and we were 35 minutes into the show and I was like, okay, we'll probably go about another 25 minutes and then I'll, I'll start to wrap it up. Next thing I know, I look back down at the counter and it says one hour and 29 minutes. And I'm like, at this point, why don't I just keep let, letting this go? You know, <laughs> there's, there's no point to just mm-hmm. stop this. This is fantastic stuff. So anyways, I let that go. Another one that was fantastic was uh, we had Brandon Hova, Ant rant with ant and uh nicholas jacoby on to kind of do a wrestlemania rewind of or roundup of what we did in new orleans i Mm -hmm. i thought that was a ton of fun um and then jeff i think the bill interview the bill with ljn i think we can both agree was probably our most favorite one yeah because everybody that listens to the show knows that ljn's and hasbro's are our two favorites but it's ljn is number one hasbro is number one a 
So being able to interview Bill, who had a hand in designing all of the LJN figures, just being able to talk to somebody that had such a huge hand in, in your childhood and some toys that you played with and you have such great memories of being able to talk to him and pick his brain for 30, 40 minutes, whatever it was, it was incredible. And it was really just going back to our childhood and being able to talk to the guy that made so many of those figures that we love. It, it was mm -hmm. really an honor talking to Bill. It really was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I think the interviews, um, the LJM one was awesome and the Mario DeRosa one was great. Um, and also that you said the one you the WrestleMania recap one was great and I think what was good about all of those uh, was it didn't seem like it was dragging for a second with any of the interviews mm -hmm. and it's tough to do sometimes with interviews and I'm sure you guys know when you're talking with people sometimes you don't know when to wrap it up or when to try to extend it uh, what about when you guys do set up interviews is it mostly Jeff who's leading the way? Does sometimes Scott bring someone on? Like, how does that dynamic work when you have someone on the line, there's two other people talking? Uh, so you mean like how we communicate with each other to say who's going to answer a question yeah. or who's going to ask a question? No, no, it's funny. no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of both. I'm sorry, yes. So it was basically you've got, let's say, for example, you've got Mari DeRosa on. Yep. How are you guys deciding who's leading the interview and when to inject things like that because it's tough with two hosts so when how does that work out we literally will look at each other and signal mm -hmm. so if if jeff has a question jeff signals me and he goes and if during the answer i think of something i'll signal jeff to to feed in with the next response or if jeff has more he'll signal me so it's really a lot of us observing each other while listening to the person respond and it's it's really like a, a coach with a runner on the base pass. You're kind of signaling them as to what happens next, and that's kind of how we handle the interviews. Yeah, it's a simple answer, but it's one I think that I think about sometimes. So it's a simple answer, but one that needs to be answered. <laughs> um, there's a few more things I want to talk about. One, now that you guys have been doing the show for a while, what are some of your goals for the show? Do you have any? Do you just want to keep creating shows every week? Do you want to grow your audience? Do you want to get more sponsors? What's kind of let's say like a short-term and long-term goal you guys have for the show yeah uh sponsors is one of the things that i i want to do for the show because i do want to put the money back into the show like i would love to upgrade to a mac i would love to get that sure microphone i was talking about i would love to do all that stuff for the show and also i keep looking into um uh, going into going into Zoom to do live video to go in uh, put mm -hmm. up on YouTube. I'm there's a lot of things that I have going on that I need to figure out how to do, how to edit, how to do all this stuff. And also the other thing is is to find the time to do it. I mean I've I've got a little bit more time now that we're home and we're quarantined and we're not going out as much and all that stuff. But at the same time, you it does it's not like a quick oh, you just put microphone in front of face and then you upload the show. That it, For me, it takes three, four, five hours to edit an entire show for Scott and I. So now I'd have to do this for video and now I'd have to do this for whatever else I have that I want to put up on YouTube and stuff like that. So there's, mm -hmm. there's, I have ideas that I want to go forward with. It's about prepping just like we did with this show. It took us about three months to get this show out there. But it was also a lot of prepping in that time. Mm -hmm. I would say from a figure standpoint, getting people back into the hobby has been a big one for us. And anytime we get a letter stating, I was out of collecting for so many years, and then I listened to your guys' show, and I heard about your toy spotting segment, and I went to the store and I bought my first figure in so many years. When we get those, that to me is mission accomplished. And another one is through our nostalgia line, having current collectors go back and look at some of those older lines, like the Galoobs and the Remcos that get overlooked so much, to have current day collectors go back and look at those and then jump into those and start collecting those, that's another home run for us too. That Those are the stories that we love. It's funny you mentioned that, dude. I just got a tweet today from Ring Skirts, and he had his Remcos lined up. And I was like, oh, those nice. things are a beaut. And he goes, it's all your fault. I was like, uh -uh. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I'll Wallet take it. Wallet heat, right? Wallet heat is what you yes. guys call it. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I know the answer to this question, but I want you guys to say, because I think it's a super awesome answer for your listeners, is we joked earlier about, oh, your Patreon for show notes is 40 bucks. <laughs> I think you guys, realistically, if you want to start a Patreon group for people that listen, I think people will contribute to it. 
but you've said over and over again you're not going to do a Patreon. And I think your answer is why that is super awesome. So whoever wants to take that, go ahead. So from the very Scott, what episode was that? Like two, three, four, five, or whatnot? Yeah. I said I don't want people contributing to the show via PayPal, via anything. I don't I don't want you guys just basically sending us money. I always wanted to do this show through sponsors. I didn't want to hit up the listeners. The fact that we have t-shirts, that's about the most I'm ever going to do. We may have a couple other clothing items down the road. But as far as like just setting up a PayPal or setting up a Patreon and people just donating money to us and us, what are we going to do? We're going to put up our show notes. We're going to put up a five-minute video saying thanks once a week or something. I, that just doesn't compute with me. That's... I I want to do something where we don't. I want to. I want the show based off of not hitting up the listeners for money, you know. I, and you guys have both said before you want everyone to spend their money on figures, not give them to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. And that's awesome. And it's like I said, I'm. You guys easily could get people donating, quote unquote, to your show if you want to do it. But it's about the hobby and it's about pushing it forward. And when you talked about getting people back into it, my hand is up. I remember I started my podcast right around the time I discovered you guys, like right around there. And you guys have been going for a while, but my wife came down one day in like my room. She's like, what the, where, like they just kind of appeared. She's like, you start a podcast, all of a sudden you got wrestling figures. You're gonna go, no, 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 that's not my podcast fault. It's fully posable <laughs> podcast fault. Don't blame me, blame them. So, what, what, and it's a it's a slippery slope. Let me tell you. What did your wife say the other day uh, regarding you and I? Like, we take more pictures together than uh, you and her, or something like that. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, because there's like, I think for my birthday, like, there's like Jeff and I have like ten or twelve pictures together, just. Over the years, and like we see each other once a year, if that. Yeah. And she's like, "There's more pictures of you on this Twitter than me and you on Twitter." So, <laughs> you know, that's okay. That would explain why when I first started our show, my wife said, "Who's gonna listen to you?" And I was like, "What kind of support is that?" But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things ever too was when I had that layover in Chicago, and you're like, "I'll pick you up. We're going to breakfast," and I'm like. Yeah. All right, cool. I I still talk about that to my boss. I was like, yeah, I had a layover, so I went to breakfast with some friends. And he goes, in Chicago? I go, I know people. <laughs> I know people. You're like, I know, I know people, people. <laughs> across the country. <laughs> and that's the other thing we'll talk about, too, is your guys' unique relationship with your listeners and this community that you've built. And I'm not going to get into the whole thing. I know there's um, the wrestling figure game has grown a lot over the past few years. And you can attribute to that whatever you want, but you guys have been here for a long time, and the community you've built has been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. The first Fig Life meetup was in New Orleans, WrestleMania 34. Before, and then I think since then it's kind of like whenever you guys are somewhere, it's like you know someone, you'll meet up with them if possible. Um, was there anything before then where you're like meeting up with listeners before that initial Fig Life meetup you guys had in New Orleans? Was there anything before that? Uh, yeah, when we were in L.A., uh, was it the No Mercy pay-per-view, Jeff, back in 2016, September? Uh, was it? it was No Mercy, right? No, it was No Mercy 2017. Oh, it was 2017. My bad. So, yes, when we went to that, Jeff and I actually drove to L.A. for it, and we met up with James Frank, and we met up with David Myers at Chica's Tacos, and it was a little outdoor patio area, and that was the first official, unofficial Fig Life meetup. And we literally just sat there for like three hours. We ate tacos. We talked wrestling figures. And that kind of spawned the next year, 2018, Steve, when we had the meetup in NOLA. So that was really like the first Fig Life meetup. The official one was in NOLA. And Steve. It was the kickoff. And you've already answered this, Steve. But uh, can you tell Scott the reason that you went to that Fig Life meetup in NOLA? Well, well, there's a couple things. One, we ran into each other in line in that weird bullpen, right? Oh, and, at WrestleCon? Uh, yeah, at WrestleCon. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was planning on going before running into you guys. And when you you guys were listening to the show, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to this because if it's lame, I could just leave anyway. But you guys <laughs> seem so, like, warm and inviting. And the fact that WrestleMania, and, like, I tell people this, and I, I brought my friend Tony who's not a wrestling fan. Like, everyone notices when they go to wrestling shows, like, especially WrestleMania, it's like, everyone's so nice. It's not like you're at a sporting event where people are jerks or everyone's just so nice. And I'm like, well, the wrestling figure people got to be nice too. And the second <laughs> I walked into that House of Blues bar, 
It's like, hey man, what's up? How's it going? Oh, how what'd you get WrestleCon? Like, and it wasn't just you guys; it was everybody, people I never met before, comparing stories and all that stuff too. So, it wasn't a hesitation for me to go to it, like not knowing anybody really. And I think everybody else, based on the feedback of the couple fig light meetups you guys have had, it it just contagious. I'd say, like, it's like, oh, we're all gonna, we all we're all gonna have something to talk about, regardless if we know each other or not. We're gonna have something to talk about. Yeah, that's that's the best thing is um, people will walk right in and you may not know the person that is exactly standing right in front of you and you're just going to be like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm so-and-so, I'm so-and-so. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, uh, what'd you get signed at WrestleCon? Next thing you know, here comes the conversation. It's flowing, drinks are going, you know, people are having a mm-hmm. great time. Then next thing you know, two hours have flown by and everybody's leaving for New Japan at the Madison Square Garden, you know, or whatever it yeah. may be. Like, that was the thing that Hova was telling me this past one in New York. He was like, dude, I felt literally like I just sat down, I had a beer, and everybody was getting up, getting uh, heading over to Madison Square Garden to New Japan. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's a cool crowd. We've never needed name tags at the events because by the end of it, you're going to know everybody's name. Yep. Well, Jeff and I have talked about this. For the next one, you're going to have initials. Hello, my name is at Twitter handle. and under your <laughs> yes. real name so we could do that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it gets that big to where we do need name tags for sure. Well, you missed New York. New York was pretty big. We were pretty packed into this tiny little uh, Irish bar in New York City. It was pretty – and it was funny. What was it, Scott? Or I'm sorry, Jeff. The uh, Like the Scottish Independence Parade or something kind of came into the bar at the same time. Yes. And this like old guy with like a kilt and bagpipes, he goes – what is this? I go, oh, it's a, it's wrestling figure collecting. He goes, is there a lot of money in that? I'm like, there can be. He goes, huh. He started talking to me about wrestling figures for a little bit. It was crazy. This old Scottish guy. And, the, and that old wow. Scottish guy was just part of the Fig Life meetup too. So Yes, he was. <laughs> but, we should have got him in the photo. But nothing nothing beats the night before of what happened when it was just you, Hova, me, and Tony. Oh, man. The uh, lady of the night. So well, I don't care if everyone's heard this story before. It's one of my favorite stories in the world. So me, <laughs> Hova, and Tony, and this was after NXT. Yeah, it was after TakeOver. So yep. we, we got back to the hotel pretty late. It's midnight or whatever. And I hadn't ran into Jeff yet. And I we were at the bar, and I texted you. I'm like, hey, we're, me and Hova and my buddy here, come down. And you're like, I don't know. I'm like, just do it. And that's literally all it took for you to come. <laughs> so you came down. <laughs> and we're at this, this bar, this what ended up being the Fig Life bar. And like about an hour or so in, this lady walks up to us and starts talking to the table. And she's attractive. And so right away, that's a red flag for me. I'm like, all right, we got four wrestling nerds and wrestling shirts talking about wrestling. What does this person want? And then it clicked in my head about like two minutes. I'm like, oh, she's a prostitute. <laughs> Everyone knew it except for my friend Tony, who just thought she was super nice. <laughs> so, oh, we're trying, so we're trying to get rid of her. And like, I go, hey, have you ever been to WrestleCon? And I started talking to her WrestleCon thinking they're going to get her to go away. It didn't. It didn't. And I'll never forget, and Jeff probably has this view too, my friend Tony went out for a cigarette with her. And we, we couldn't hear them. We see them miming the conversation. The girl kind of like nodded to him like, yeah. And my friend Tony went, no. Shook his head. The girl just stormed off. <laughs> so he comes in. He goes, guys, that was a prostitute. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> One of my favorite stories. It's like 3, 4 in the morning. That was that was so funny, man. Tony was so oblivious. I don't know how many drinks Tony had in a minute at that time, but Tony was so oblivious yeah. to who she was. Uh, the, only at the Fig Life meetup, the pre the pre show, will you get these kind of fun stories? <laughs> yeah, we have prostitutes show up. You guys got to go. <laughs> you got to be there for the, whatever the next big event ends. Whenever this happens, we'll get there back there together. With all the money that I'm saving, uh, being quarantined. Here we go. <laughs> there you go. No. You're gonna, you're gonna you're gonna blow the cash wad, or at least a wad. Uh, okay, let's get back to the series interview. Here. Yes. Um, what about some advice either of you guys have for someone either that is currently doing a show or wants to start a show? Like, you, any tips or do this or don't do that. I'll start with Jeff first, then we'll kick it over to Scott about starting a show, whether it be a YouTube show or a podcast or whatever. Any tips you guys have for being veterans for doing the show for so many years now? One word, commitment. Um, the commitment is one of the most important things. Like a lot of people will start a podcast and then they fall off after episode six, seven. You see it a lot. Um, the commitment is one, if you are have your heart on this 
and you you know you can do something with this then be committed uh number two would be and this comes from the sound snob in me but it's not that hard to get good microphones nowadays you can just google search some amazon has some for good prices that you can get sound is so so key to a good podcast and that's one i will drive home all day long so commitment sound and have fun with it be serious at times but have fun as well don't forget where don't forget about having that fun part and if you get criticism from some random twitter follower that has 15 people following them just kind of brush it off but if you get serious feedback from other people that are within the community or whatever it may be take that and figure out how you can work with that what you need to do you know and if that person's feeling it somebody else is going to be feeling that as well yeah and i would echo jeff's comment about commitment really for me the biggest thing with this show the last four and a half years has been a set schedule not just in when you release the show because for us it's pretty religiously every sunday show goes up but also in in your recording day as well we're usually two to three days before we drop the show we're recording and we're in constant communication with each other like okay i've got something this night can you do this night no that night doesn't work for me can we do this time on this day instead so it's all about if you've got a co-host it's all about communication but not only that a schedule on both your release time and when you're going to record because like jeff said a lot of podcasts you start off a house of fire and by episode six or seven either you're out of content or, oh, we couldn't get together to record this week, or, oh, we can't release the show on that day, we gotta do it this day. Your listeners come to expect a drop date. You've gotta stick to that, and you've gotta maintain your recording schedule as well. So for me, schedule and commitment to the show are two of the biggest things. I agree, and we're a terrible commitment and weekly shows, but that's okay. (laughs) Our listeners understand that, they know that, and they know that when the show is out, as long as you're subscribed, it'll come to you. But we do a ton of, or I should say, I do a ton of Twitter interactions. I'm always talking with everybody. So that's the big thing that we stay in contact with everybody too. Um, the last thing I want to say, guys, anything you want to plug or anything you want to finish up on um, for this interview? Because it's been a lot of fun. We got a lot of feedback. I think this interview was one where people got to hear a lot of stuff they probably didn't hear before from you guys, which is hard considering you've been doing the show for four and a half years. So I really appreciate you guys coming on and being so open about everything. Um, I'll start with Jeff and let Scott close it out. Well, before Uh, anything else you want to plug or anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? Well, before I jump into plugs and all that stuff, I, I honestly think this is a great, great idea of yours, Steve, to do uh, creator content. I think that's fantastic, man. The fact that you're giving people kind of insight into what, it goes into a podcast what goes into a youtube show i think it's great man mm-hmm. honestly this is a brilliant idea by you uh and i don't know if any of the other creators have said it to you but thank you for doing this because this is kind of a opening of eyes of what goes into a weekly show or what goes into a youtube show so thank you man well thanks for saying that i appreciate it it's been fun and i guess i told everyone i got a ton of requests and I will get to everyone at some point, but it's taken a while. So just be be patient, everyone. If, and also, if you have one show or two shows, I'm not going to interview, interview you just yet. So just <laughs> FYI for those people that DM me on that, get a, get a few more shows out there. So thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you saying that. But back to your show. Let's talk about uh, anything you want to plug or anything you want to say to wrap up. Uh, you know, you can just follow us on Twitter at Fully Posable, Instagram Fully Posable, WFP. I'm trying to use Instagram a little bit more. Uh we have codes at foco.com if you're into bobbleheads and we talked about sponsors mm-hmm. that's one of our biggest sponsors so you know we're always holding on to them close so if you guys are into sports bobbleheads sporting anything sports head on over to foco.com wfp10 also uh for all the guys out there that are ready to hit the tinder dates here pretty soon manscape.com <laughs> got to shave up down there got to smell fresh wfp20 <laughs> on that one wf10 at foco wt0 at manscape.com so thank you to those sponsors and you can listen to fully posable 
every single Sunday on Podbean, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. If you've got a podcast, if you've got a podcast app, it's going to it. Basically, what I tell people. Yeah, that's a great way. Yeah, like last week, I was trying to name off all the places, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> hold on, I know I'm missing <laughs> three or four. <laughs> You're everywhere. <laughs> so that's it for me. How about you, Scott. So I, in addition to Fully Posable, I've got a drunk wrestling history show that I do with a friend of mine, a couple friends of mine, and two of the three of us get drunk and talk about wrestling history. Our latest episode, we talked about WrestleMania 11 and how great it wasn't. And if you want to check us out on Twitter, again, you can find that podcast anywhere you get your podcasts from. Uh, If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at wrestling underscore drunk. And just to echo what Jeff said, Give us a follow on Twitter at Fully Posable. Anywhere you find your podcast, you'll find Fully Posable every single Sunday. And Steve, I just want to give you a huge thank you for having us on. It's been our pleasure. It's been awesome, guys. Thanks for coming on. Last thing I'm going to ask you both, since you're, you are the Fig Life Godfathers, I'm going to get it. Spe- it's, we're going to specify this because if I say your favorite wrestling figure ever, one, it's not Macho Man Slim Jim because that's not a wrestling figure. But oh, um, here ding. we go. <laughs> I'm taping up the fists. <laughs> there we go. But And also his hat doesn't fit him properly. Anyway. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I'm just teasing. I love that. I'm, look, I'm staring at it right now. It was one of the only figures I have still in the package. So although I'm not a psychopath like Jeff, I did take him out. So I'm not staring at literally a red box. Jeff, yes. open up your Macho Man Slim Jim. <laughs> Aren't we past that? <laughs> no, no. No. Never. Never. <laughs> Anyway, let's let's uh, narrow it down. So I'll each each of you the same question. One, your favorite LJN figure, your favorite Hasbro figure, and your favorite Mattel figure. Jeff, you're up first. Okay, favorite Hasbro of all time is the Bret Hart Series 8 red card where he had the hot pink singlet with black tights, silver shades. Uh, he had that little mm-hmm. snarl going on. My favorite figure of all time so that's definitely my favorite hasbro scott how about you that's that's tan bret hart right oh god his tan his tan Tan his tan was so on point on that figure sure (laughs) uh my favorite hasbro is the macho man series one that is the epitome of a perfect figure aside from the san diego comic-con macho man of course well in fairness they didn't paint his wrist tape on the macho man hasbro series one he's got one flaw (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, that's why we're so passionate about these figures. We know everything about them. <laughs> that's true. Well, what about uh, LJN? Uh, man, my favorite LJN of all time. Let me see. I love the Warlord pose, but it's not my favorite figure. Mm. Ask Scott first on that one. Okay. Well, okay. We'll ask Scott first, then we'll kick it back to you. All Scott, right. what's your favorite LJN? So my favorite LJN is more of a, a great nostalgic memory, and it's the Jimmy the Superfly Snooka figure, because mm-hmm. before I even knew what wrestling was, I saw that figure up on the pegs, and I wanted to know all about it. I turned it over, I saw all the cool figures that were in the first assortment, and then I was like, Mom, I want this. She goes, the last thing you need is another collection. You have He-Man, G.I. Joe, Mask, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You don't need any more toys. And I was like, but, 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 and the answer was no. So I went home and immediately started watching wrestling. Every Saturday morning, I was getting knowledge on the characters getting into it and it was all because of that jimmy snooka figure and then lo and behold i get a hulk hogan figure for christmas i think my mom told my aunt that i was into wrestling now and so she bought me the hulk hogan ljn so even though the hogan was our our first ljn in our shared collection that jimmy snooka figure without seeing that on the pegs i don't know that we'd have a podcast today so for nostalgic reasons i'm gonna go jimmy superfly snooka that's fair Jeff, you got your LJN yet? Okay, so my favorite... And, wh- my and favorite- why is it black card Rick Rude? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Steve's got fighting words. Well played, kind yeah. sir. Well played. Um, yeah. My favorite LJN pose was the Greg the Hammer Valentine. I thought with his arm cocked up, you could do a lariat. His other arm mm-hmm. was down. I loved that Greg the Hammer Valentine LJN pose, which was also on Barry Windham Galoob, but that's a different topic. But... I'm going to have to say, like Scott, nostalgic reasons, it's going to be the Hart Foundation and the British Bulldogs because every single night that I sat down Indian style for three, three and a half hours playing figures, they were always booked. Every single show. It was, without a doubt, it was going to be Hart Foundation, Bulldogs. And if I ever did split them up, it was Bulldogs versus Nikolai and Iron Sheik. And then the Hearts were taking on... um, I, really, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. But to say the least, the Bulldogs and the Hearts were always on my card. 
they had the most paint loss out of all of our LJNs. 100%. Well, as the real Bret Hart would say, Hulk Hogan LJN may have drew the house, but everyone left talking about the LJN Hart Foundation. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right, we'll we'll wrap it up with the current day stuff, which, I mean, arguably Mattel's the best line in the history just because of what they have. Nostalgia aside, just from an aesthetic standpoint. Yeah. Do either of you guys have a favorite Mattel? It could be one or two, but either of you guys have a favorite Mattel? My favorite Mattel of all time is actually the Triple H Toys R Us exclusive where he was in his WrestleMania, I believe that was 27 gear. It was a brown robe with the mask. I think everything that went into that figure was just a home run and to this day is still, I think it's my favorite Mattel figure that they've ever done. I'm going to go, so not putting the Macho Man into the equation, I'll leave him out. I'm going to go three defining moments, and it's the Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. defining moment. It is the Macho Man WrestleMania 7 defining moment and the Ultimate Warrior mm-hmm. WrestleMania 7 defining moment. If you want the epitome of the best that Mattel can do, just look at those three figures. They are incredible. The amount of detail that went into Macho Man's outfit and on Ultimate Warrior's vest, oh my goodness. They absolutely killed it on all three of those. And that Hulk Hogan is literally like they pulled him out of the television from WrestleMania three. It's just, that figure is awesome. So those would be my three favorite Mattels. Well, they never made a WrestleMania seven macho man Mattel. Mania seven. Yeah. They never made it. No, not a macho man. Yeah. They made the warrior and the macho king, King Randy Savage. Oh boy. (laughs) Nerd. Wait a second. Wait a second. I I love the awkward silence. I had to do it. I love it. Love the awkward silence. (laughs) In fairness, at the end of the match, he turns into Macho Man. So that's okay. (laughs) Yes, he does. That part is true. (laughs) Shout out. Shout out also to the shock master figure. That was the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Yes packaging wise it's it's fantastic for Beautiful. sure you know, we could go on and on about that in figures and maybe another day we'll just do a drunk wrestling figure argument podcast between the three of us where scott or jeff could be the moderator but and scott and i can go at it basically i'll bring the black and whiskey basically it would be youtube it would be youtube versus me saying how great macho man yeah. slim jim is <laughs> let's do it let's book fighting. it right now <laughs> okay if enough people want it let us know tweet us at ppw podcast and tweet scott and jeff at fully posable once again guys thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it i'm sure everyone will like this interview a lot and you can follow them at fully posable and wherever you get your favorite podcast from fully posable and as always use the hashtag fig life thanks guys for coming on thank you steve our pleasure steve thank you i got long side burns and my hair slick back i'm coming to your town in my pink cadillac i'm just a honky-tonk man huge thank you again to scott and jeff for coming on and talking about their show and their creative process and everything in between it was a lot of fun to listen to as always follow those guys on twitter at fully posable and Give them support, you know, buy a T-shirt, use their promo codes for their FOCO and for their Manscaped products. But most importantly, listen listen to their show and help spread the positivity of the Fig Life community. Really want to thank everyone for listening this week and for everyone continuing to listen. Eric and I are working on getting a show back together. It's tough with uh, both our personal life situations and things like that, but we're going to get you one as soon as possible. So hopefully these content shows are tidying you guys over. And as always... Thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you soon.